Welcome back to the Heat Check Podcast Live. I am your host, Chris Patrick, and with me as always, Mr. Michael Benjamin and VSP Tallman. How are you boys doing tonight? What up? What up? Doing good, Chris Tallman. How are you guys doing? Good. What's going on, guys? Chilling, chilling. It's Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. We're closing out the year, heading towards the the holidays, Christmas and New Year's, and VSP Tallman's birthday. Um, we're gonna have some fun, man, and I, I know you guys are too. So this will be our last live stream of the year. I'm so glad we could end it with a Heat Check podcast live. Um, and my two favorite guys, the guys that have been here since the very beginning when we relaunched Valley Sports Plug, and even there when we launched it initially. So. I thought tonight, um, I think we have some topics. Whoop, kick my mic. Uh, we have some topics we could talk about of a couple things, uh, breaking news that have happened. And then uh, thought we could do a recap kind of of the last year in Valley Sports and in uh, the Heat Check podcast and also Valley Sports Plug and everything that's gone on. So what do you guys think? I'm about it, man. Yeah, first and foremost, before we start, early happy birthday to Mr. Senior Tallman. Are you 30 this year? Is it the big 3-0, man? No, come on. 29. Oh, come oh, on. Join the away, club, the, man. Join the, the club. club already. No, thanks. Not too fast. Not too fast. No, no, no. We got one more year in the 20s. But you're seeing the twilight on the other side, unfortunately. Yeah, 29 is basically 30, so... It's all feels the same. It's all downhill from here, man. It's all downhill from here. Hey, man, age is just a number. Don't let it define yourself. I'll take it. (laughs) Well, fellas, like I said, got a lot to talk about today. So let's get right into it. Mike, uh, I'll I'll throw it to you first. Do you want to start talking about some Cardinals news or start talking about some Phoenix Suns news? I think we got to start right off the top. We can keep it nice and tight and quick about the Phoenix Suns and the upcoming upcoming ownership change. Uh, so I, hopefully that was on the docket for today, Chris. So I'll pass it over back to you. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Um, his name, I hope I don't mispronounce this, Matt Abisha, Abia, sorry, Ishba, Ishbia, Matt Ishbia. Help me out here, guys. Matt I think Ibiza. It's, I think it's Ishba. It's Ibiza. He goes... no it's matt ishbia ishbia yeah and he played for michigan state and i think saw had like three final four appearances in four years or something like that so this guy knows basketball at least i know robert sarver was always trying to interject himself and i don't think he played basketball competitively i don't know but (laughs) Uh, it didn't seem like it anyway, but this guy clearly knows the game, knows a bit about it. I saw some people like Magic Johnson throwing praise his way and saying it was a good thing. The thing that stands out to me is this is a f- record $4 billion purchase. Uh, Tallman, what were you saying the Nets sold for a few years back? Uh, I think that was in 2019. It was $2.35 billion. But he gets the Mercury too, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I don't think, I mean, to, let's be honest. So, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> if the okay. Mercury know are, are moving the needle in regards to that extra billion. It might be, I don't know, maybe 50 million or something like that. I, 
I don't want to be disrespectful, but I think that's just the nature of professional sports now. Every sale that comes up from here on out is just going to be another record breaker, I feel like. And the billions are going to keep going up and up and up. So, exactly. Chris, how, how are you feeling about this move so far? And, and what are your thoughts on kind of the small information that we have about Matt Ishbia? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel, you know, different different you know different kinds of ways about it on one hand i'm i'm glad there is maybe some closure in the near future uh like i was kind of saying there he seems like a basketball guy so maybe he'll have a better idea of what he's doing or know when to, how to, how to be involved or like how much like i was kind of saying there like robert sarver always wanted to be involved and that was kind of i felt like their downfall a lot of the times where this guy th- may think he's a great basketball mind so maybe he'll want to be more involved and i just kind of worry I worry about that a little bit. And then also I was seeing some criticism already. Uh, I want to bring up this Yahoo article here where if the Phoenix on sale goes through without including any non-white partners, the NBA has gotten it all wrong. So of course, going from one rich white man to another, this is kind of a a storyline. Mike, do you think this is a story or do you think it's just kind of a nothing burger? No, I I mean, for a sale of a professional sports team, at the end of the day, it comes down to who has the expendable cash, who can find the partners to join, and who is ready to pull the trigger to be owners. I mean, $4 billion, is it's not just all his money up front. I think it sounds like he was going to get a substantial amount of uh, you know money from his brother as well. But uh, I understand we want... Di- diversity within the league and you know one day there there might be a a a female head coach i know that becky hammond was a coach with the san antonio spurs so those ways are going in the right direction but to force the hand of somebody of color to have to purchase an nba team in order for it to be seen as the correct way i think is just a little bit short-sighted and this just came down to the people who were ready to be owners and had the money and get the blessing from the NBA. I mean, it, it, we still don't know if there's any other true partners that are involved in this yet. So right. there, there could be, you know, a minority owner uh, of color that can be joining him. We we don't know that, but it, I that, think that's kind of where I stand in regards to that. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I just think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's not even that he's purchasing the entire team and all the shares. He's only purchasing the majority ownership that Robert Sarver had. So you still have guys like Larry Fitzgerald and a whole bunch of other people that have minority stake in the team and ownership. Um, but yeah, like you're right, exactly. It comes down to the people that have the capital. Uh, and that's kind of like what I was thinking about is like, this guy's a billionaire. He has 300 something billion or maybe not that much. I don't know. But I think I looked it up and there's only some 600 or so billionaires in the United States, which even that blows my mind, just that number alone. Because when I you think you know all the billionaires when you think of like the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musk, Bill Gates, those types of guys. But those are like the hundred billionaires now at this point where it's kind of even that's just bonkers to try and even comprehend a number like that. Um, but I know you're exactly right. When you're talking about a number like four billion, um, that's that's huge. And for only the majority stake, not even the entire team, if if, the, if what I'm thinking is correct, then what are the Phoenix Suns worth collectively? If like you were to sell the entire hundred percent ownership stake, is that like are you looking closer to like six, seven, eight million billion dollars? Like that's that's just nuts. But 
I don't want to get too caught up on that. I mean, Cody, uh, I don't know if you've kind of shared, what were your thoughts on the, the ownership change and do you expect anything to change? Yeah. So first, I mean, can you really trust someone that spells their name, Matt with one T <laughs> just one T that was what I saw like, too. Was it doormat? What's up doormat? That's like John with no H. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? No, I think it's great. Uh, I mean, the dudes, I just looked up his net worth, $5.1 billion and oh, was way he's off got cash. Also, what stood out to me was he's a younger guy. He's only 42. So it's not some old, you know, middle-aged 60-year-old guy with a bunch of cash just buying another, you know, uh, sports franchise. So that's intriguing. He's a basketball guy. He's got money. Sounds like he's into it. So... Maybe we see a little a little cash being thrown out on that roster a little more than we've seen before. So um, I think the biggest thing, though, is no more Sarver. I think that was that was big. And I'm surprised they found a, a buyer so quick. But, I mean, I was uh, looking it up. It's going to take him six months, six to nine months to finalize the deal. So he's not going to have any control of the team until that's done, I'm sure. So... Maybe it comes sooner though, but I think it's great news all around. Um, didn't this guy just come out of left field though? We all we're all like, who is this guy? I've never heard of him before. Um, but I think it's good. Yep. I mean, time will tell, of course. We'll we'll see. But also at the same time, uh, I wish I'd pulled it up here, but I'm pretty sure Baxter Holmes, uh, the Sun's favorite reporter, put out another story this week that kind of highlighted that the the rot in the organization if you will ran deeper than just robert sarver and that it was kind of like a top-down cultural thing uh do you expect that when this new owner comes in mike that they'll just clean house and really do a thorough look at everyone who's employed there right now i think he's gonna have to and and that comes with the due diligence of changing ownership and creating a leadership style that you want when you step into a facility as being you know the majority owner of a professional sports team you have to kind of start setting the mold of how you want things structured and how you want to be perceived because unfortunately the suns kind of started the backwards trend that now the arizona cardinals find themselves in in regards to everything with the front office and kind of mismanagement of this roster and everything but you know at least the suns have a winner on the court and the cardinals just it's bad always always around unfortunately <laughs> But when we hear the reports from Baxter Holmes, are you guys surprised that it ran deep? I mean, I'll I'll pass that question to you guys. Are you surprised about that kind of a report? No, no, not at all, especially the way he's been covering this team so extensively. Um, I'm not surprised. I didn't I didn't hear any rumblings that more might be coming. But when I saw it drop, I honestly didn't even, I didn't even read the whole article. Uh, I might, I probably should just to kind of see what's in there. But I got, I think I got, you know, the gist of it is like, uh, even was it, I think it was even criticizing Jason Rowley, who is the, the CEO. Um, I don't know if he still is or not, but just bad, just bad. You know, just when you think we might be moving on. The, the like the point of me bringing up that that article that was in Yahoo that I think was initially in the root is just the Suns continue to have this this cloud of criticism uh, over and above them and you know are kind of like a black mark by the league it seems like where 
we keep getting all this bad press left and right. And then on top of it all, it's coming at a time when the Suns are kind of slumping. I mean, for, for fuck's sake, we lost to this Wizards last night. Uh, granted, our, some of our key pieces were out, or Devin Booker was out anyway, who is our key piece. But if if that's if we're a one trick pony, like we see with the Warriors, where you know if Steph's out, they're they're screwed. If if that's how we're going to be, where if Devin Booker's out, we're screwed. Then I don't know how we're going to get by. It's just, and then another. That's I guess we can transition into the next thing I kind of wanted to talk about about the Suns before we talk about the Cardinals. Did you guys see Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton getting into it last night? Oh, yeah. I think the bad situation about this is now this is multiple times, right? We mm-hmm. ended the season with them having a disagreement on, on this end of, you know, on the sideline, going into the end of the season after getting Molly Waltz by the Mavericks. And now we're in a position where Ayton had a pretty good game last night, and I don't even know what they're yelling about. People were saying, well, are they? was he kind of pointing towards Mikhail Bridges or was he pointing towards Landry Shamit? I mean, Chris, we know how you feel about Landry Shamit. He's not the apple of your eye. <laughs> he did drop 31 points last night and was he hit, uh, I think, a team record nine three-pointers in the game. So I yeah. don't know what that whole situation is about yet. But when it happens consistently and then people just kind of want to pull back on it and say, well, you know, that's just – you have disagreements and you have, you know, just spats on uh, between guys that are on each other all the time. I mean, what what point does that end? When do you really sit back and be like, okay, yeah, I understand guys having disagreements. But like when it's a blow up situation that has happened multiple times in a, oh, just a couple of, of months in the public eye, like that kind of stuff is supposed to be kept in the locker room. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. I don't like it, but you just got to deal with it. I mean, he's a, he's a cornerstone cornerstone piece of your franchise right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, I don't know why, and I'm sure it's an irrational, intrusive thought that I was having. But when I first saw this clip, I was like, "Oh, DeAndre Ayton's getting traded at the deadline. Like, they're they're gonna find. It. Or, or I guess he can't get traded at the deadline. We have to wait until the off season. But I'm like, "Oh, DeAndre Ayton's getting traded." But you're right. No, he's a cornerstone and he has been playing well for the most part. And um, this guy, Andrew Lezis, I'm sorry, man, if I mispronounce your name right. He's a pretty avid Suns fan. I see him posting a lot of tweets on the Twitter. Um, and above this video, um, he's, he tweeted, might might be just me, but I only ever see Monty yell at Aiton. Never seen him get in CPs or Book's face, which is true. I mean, that's not that's not wrong. I mean, and granted... Those both of those guys come with a bit more experience and pedigree, uh, especially Chris Paul. He's being being the point god and being an older, more respected player in this league. Him and Monty have more of a rapport. Um, but Devin Booker and DA are pretty close to the same age, I believe. Um, not too far off. But I don't know, Mike. Do you make anything? Do you agree with him there? Like Book and CP kind of don't get as much flack as Aiton does. I think when you're labeled as the leaders, the quote unquote leaders of a franchise. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to have those kind of agreements, but it's, it's always a bad look if you're shouting at each other on the sideline, especially to your, your number one or number two guys. And I don't know if that just comes down to the immaturity of Deandre Ayton or the incorrect coaching style of Monty Williams, not, understanding that there's also optics that go within the way that you coach right 
obviously sports and the, if, if you're in a high profile position, you're always going to get criticized no matter what kind of industry. If you're just in the public eye, people are going to be looking at you and have a, a thought or two about that kind of stuff. So it's easier said than done than to say when you're in the heat of the moment or in the heat of battle, a.k.a. you know fourth quarter, six minutes left, trying to win a game, trying to turn the ship in the right direction, not to get in each other's faces when you all you want for each other at the end of the day is the best and success. But it's just a bad optics move, man. I mean, for the way that the season ended last year between the spat with Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton, the way that the contract went down with him, having to go out into restricted free agency, basically not getting what he really wanted and and him folding to what the Suns gave him with that four-year deal, which is what we wanted to give him the year before. He gets some more pennies on the dollar. but And now we're back to yelling at each other in the midst of kind of a, a little bit of a uh, inwards-looking point for this team because, yeah, I know we had won three straight beforehand, but it's a, it was against C-rated teams, you know, guys who weren't playing. I mean, the Lakers had eight guys total for the – game they didn't play anyone so those kind of wins you just kind of chuck up to what it is yeah i mean you gotta you gotta give them the the pelicans win right you give them the pelicans win 100 percent. yeah but this team is still trying to kind of fill out itself and and figure out its identity i mean we're starting to have more injury problems now too i mean josh akogi's out we had missed tory craig for a while devin booker is now hurt his groin i know he came back from the hamstring but now it's something else so Oh, that's the last thing you need. It, it, they just got to play nice, man. Especially when he has – he was himself was coming off of an ankle injury. You need to get him into the mold being your number two behind Chris Paul right now because with what we're getting from Mikhail Bridges, it's still the same inconsistency we've been talking about on the scoring end. Yeah. Tom, did, did you had you seen that clip before I just played it there? Yeah, Yeah, I saw it. I mean, you never want to get caught on film like uh, Kyler and uh, Cliff on the sidelines screaming at each other. <laughs> never looks good at all. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, I hey, that's emotion. That's raw emotion right there. Um, like you guys said, they've been struggling against these bad teams. And, I mean, they should have won that game. And, I mean, I was following it a little bit. May or may not have had some money on it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, classic. Yeah. Right. But I mean, coming down right to the wire and, uh, I don't know. I mean, don't you wish you could just be a fly on the sideline on the side of the court just to hear what that conversation was. Um, and I mean, of course they turn around after the game down, play the hell out of it. But, um, and then of course it's going to be, people are just going to pull it in every direction possible, you know, bring up that, that, uh, feud between, uh, Monty and Aiton again from the last season, you know, that's just going to happen. So you'd, you'd love to see the emotion, but maybe that needs, needs to happen inside the locker room. But Hey, I mean, for, they have a winning record. They're upset early in the season. They're upset. They have a bad loss to a bad team. And I, Hey, I I like it. I like them showing the fight. So, um, but I, I totally agree with what you guys are saying. I'm just saying, you know, let's, I'm glad that they're that upset about a game this early in the season when they're 19 and 12. So. 
That's very true. Uh, and I, obviously, frustrations boil over, especially when you're losing in a game that you know you should be winning. Uh, but I can't tell you how many times Mike and I have gotten into it on the court when we're on the same team. No, that's never happened before. What are you talking about? You're right. You're right. What, what am I saying? What am I saying? <laughs> but yeah, we'll. We're- they were just mad that their future teammate, Kyle Kuzma, was putting it to him, man. That's why they were upset. Like, make the trade, damn it. Jay's at home <laughs> doing God knows what. What do you think Jay Crowder is doing right now? Putting shots up somewhere in the Craft- empty gym in Scottsdale. Crafting a tweet and yep. then deleting sections of it. <laughs> and then putting it out into the world like it's the Matrix code. It's all cryptic, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's just spending the whole time brooding, cre- creating, and deleting tweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His his draft folder is like five hundred tweets deep. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't doubt it. Or how many burners do you think he has? He's like, damn, the Suns need to trade Jay Crowder. Need to trade him to the Celtics. Dude, I've never understood the aspect of burners. Like, hey, if you if you got something to say, man, just put it out there. Yeah. He's just like, stop being a coward. Especially on Twitter. What are they going to do? Look up your IP address and come knock on your door? Come on ba- now. Basically, right? I, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. Didn't Kev- yeah, Kevin Durant had his burners to just go out there and, like, hype himself up, basically. and like Or right. defend himself without actually defending himself. Yeah, and then he just was like, "Okay, who cares? Let me just let me just fall into this narrative," and then just started attacking people left and right on Twitter. I don't see it it. as much anymore, unfortunately. But some of this stuff is just hilarious, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to defend burners by any means. This is not in defense of burners, but I would say, like, for like high-profile guys like Kevin Durant, and when when you're representing multiple brands. Right, the Nets, Nike, God knows whatever grocery store or soap brand he has sponsorships with. So it's like you got to keep that in mind too, where the brand might be like, "Hey, Kevin, you uh, you uh, tweeted fuck you, motherfucker, to a fourteen-year-old who <laughs> criticized your jump shot," and he's like, "Yeah, what of it?" You think he's gotten multiple cease and desist from Nike on Maybe. some tweets? Hey man, when they ought to deal with guys like Kyrie Irving, I think they just they're fine with Kevin Durant sending out some mean tweets. Yeah, they throw their hands up and they're like, "That's all right. We are <laughs> we already moved fifty thousand units of the KD fifteen. So, <laughs> right, uh, we got bigger fish to fry. All right, all right. <laughs> well, shit, fellas, that's that's plenty about the Suns. Of course, you'll be able to catch our wecaps, wecaps, wecaps. <laughs> That's like falling on your whittled knees. <laughs> your whittled oh, knees. Oh god, I was gonna. I was trying to figure out a way to say bi-weekly recaps, um, but I couldn't figure out how to say bi-weekly in time. So I was just gonna say recaps and then mention they they were bi-weekly. Um, and that's just that's just to tell you how my brain worked there. But anyway, we got our bi-weekly Suns recaps that we'll be bringing you. Me and Michael Benjamin. You might see Tom in one of these days. I don't know. He might surprise us, but. We'll be doing that as well as the Cardinals recaps for the remainder of the season. And that's where I wanted to go next is talking about the Cardinals. Um, Tallman, before you hopped in the green room, we were talking about some of the breaking news today. And that is Mr. Abuda Baker heading to his fourth straight Pro Bowl. Um, I think I read that right from Darren Urban. 
poser. You don't think his two interceptions and 102 tackles are impressive? I said well-deserved. Oh, well-deserved. <laughs> <That's just, laughs> Chris was just projecting what he was thinking oh. onto what he thought Tallman said. But, Chris, you do got to gotta pull up those numbers in regards to where he kind of sits uh, in the safeties. Yeah, in regards to total that. tackles, and then what? What else you said? I think you said that he was fifth in total tackles for the safeties, and then I, I can't remember the other thing that you said. But Tallman, how are you feeling about our boy Buddha fourth straight, and he's going to be a starter here? Oh, that's that's it's great. I absolutely love it. I mean, talk about the only guy on the team that deserves it, maybe. Aside from D Hop, I no, no, he didn't even play the first. Fuck that. He's the only guy on that team that even deserves that honor. So good for him. Yeah, I think and, and one of the things that I was talking about with Chris is it's hard to really judge singular uh, singular performances for uh, an entire season from one guy on a team that struggles, right? Because the only thing that we see is the amount of yards that we give up on the ground or, you know, these easy touchdowns where we're forgetting about coverages or giving up leads that we have in the fourth quarter and eventually losing and that kind of stuff. And Buda Baker has a reputation throughout the NFL as being one of the best safeties. And the way that I kind of saw this was I was just wondering about what kind of true impact he's made on the field this year. Because unfortunately, it hasn't led to very many wins, if any, from his specific plays, big plays that he's made in games. Like his, uh, I think Chris said he had a fumble recovery and two interceptions. And I know he's still a guy that flies around on the field and will, you know, make tackles from, you know, way, way across the field. And you'd be like, wow, how did Buddha even get there? But. If there's anybody on this roster, I'm the same with you, Tallman. He is the one that deserves it through a, a, a cruddy year, to put it in the nicest term possible. But I don't know. I don't know if he really deserves to be a starter, as I would say, because it's still his numbers aren't um, at the top of the list. He's still a little bit down there. I could see him being on the Pro Bowl, but I don't know about a starter. Anyone? Bueller? <laughs> Bueller? Sorry. Um, but, I mean, well, if it's just like being a defensive back. They don't call your name a lot in the game. If you don't get a lot of looks, I mean, I know it's not the same for a safety, but, I mean, there's, there's ways that he impacts each and every game that doesn't show up on a stat, a, a stat sheet. So... I mean, hey, I'm I'm all for it. I'm trying to find trying to find the position stats that you were talking about um, to see how he stacks yeah, up here, against. Here, the I'll house. pull up. Yeah, I'll pull up what I was looking at. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can kind of look at it here. Um, it, it lumps them in all all defensive players together, so we'll have to just yeah. count. Um, and and everyone can check check my math here. Let me see. Okay, good. We're on the zoomed in one. Uh, so we got for total tackles, of course, the linebackers are going to get a ton of tackles, but then uh, you got Jason Peacher. Oh my goodness. Charlie is outside of my door crying. Um, 
just let me know if it gets bad and i'll i'll let you guys take over and do a deal with that but so we got Jalen uh number one uh julian number two jonathan number three derwin number four and then buddha down here fifth in tackles among safeties so not too bad i mean fifth in in, in tackles that's that's pretty good yeah top five we'll take it right um and then we went to interceptions right so again lumps them all in together but safeties are going to dominate this but uh you have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen and so this is people with three is she, can you guys hear that <laughs> yeah. 15 16 it's 15, a little bit 18 19 20 so 20 but he's tied for like 17th yeah and okay. tied for 30th overall amongst players but i mean two two to six obviously that's not like a crazy range so nobody's running away with the interception record this year but uh i don't know so he's he's pretty good on tackles very middle of the road in interceptions what about really what about tfls can you click on that one so we can see what that where he's at on that yeah yeah the, the tackles for a lot let's see let's see so safeties are honestly i don't know if he has any let me go over to back to his stats uh he has one forced fumble zero sacks um da, 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 da. Okay, it's not going to have it here. So let's see. Yeah, let's see if where he is here. Buddha, he's not on this page. <laughs> oh, well, you got to remember the the votes and everything. It's not just it's not stat driven. You know the Pro Bowl selections because fans get to vote, and it's a bunch oh of, for the majority of their starters too. Yeah, coaches vote as well. So I'm guessing. If it's a fair, if it's a fair election, right? Um, whoever has the the most votes, you you would go in this, you know, go down, right? Starter, starter, because they got the most votes. Yeah. Okay, so, that uh, makes sense he, then. I mean, I like that was going into what I said too. He does have notoriety throughout the league as being one yeah, of the best safeties. Absolutely. So, but why why do you even want to get voted to the Pro Bowl so Somewhere. you can go play flag football? You get a check, man. That's some extra cash on top on top of your already oh, right. nice, you think it is? nice, uh, you know, chunk of change that he's making per season. How much do you make if you make the Pro Bowl? I bet you it's like half a mil starter. Well, I bet you starters is like half a mil. If you are just selected to the Pro Bowl, it's maybe a hundred grand. So, so the it's winning, not throwaway money, but the winning pro bowlers will make eighty thousand, while the losing players will make forty thousand. Oh. So I'm not even close, but hey, that's 80, 80 grand that you didn't have. Yeah, and then you're not even factor in what if you have that written into your contract um, with your team too, as an incentive, like you get a pro bowl selection or exactly. Who knows if, if they even do that? But is it still? It's where do they do it now? Is it kind of Las all Vegas. over the place? Oh, okay. We're doing it in Las Vegas. Um, well, remember they used to do it in Hawaii. They, yeah, back in the day. That's when it definitely had more notoriety. And, yeah, and this people is the first year they're first year they're doing flag football, right? That'll be interesting. Oh, they're not even. Oh, okay. No, yeah, it's it's all flag football. I know over the years you watching they, now. <laughs> just no, like, yeah, maybe, maybe actually, yeah. Watch too, too bad we can't watch Kyler. I mean, it was football. it's been flag football for the past couple of years, anyways. I mean, as soon as 
if they hand the ball off and it goes up the middle and anybody kind of just brushes up against them and kind of stops the pile, they always blow it down. They don't ever go for the full tackles. But I know that they've really you got to give some kind of props to the NFL. They've been trying, man. You know, they have a lot more of these different types of events where, you know, they're doing like the one hand catches from different uh, circles, the QB challenge where guys have to throw the ball through moving targets and they're trying. I think now they added dodgeball the past couple of years. They've done dodgeball as well, but it's it's um, it's going to be sad because I feel like we might only have one or two guys representing this team at the Pro Bowl, Buda Baker. And I think I saw so far Dennis Gardeck and Matt Prater are alternates. And normally when there's alternates, those guys end up making it if they if they decide to go because there will be plenty of guys who hold out and don't actually show up to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, would have been great if uh, Buda could have not made it to the Pro Bowl because – we were in the Super Bowl, and it was the prophecy year, but I digress. Yeah, last thing. Not only did we mess up the prophecy year, we also messed up three straight years where uh, the Super Bowl was won by the team that is actually from that uh, stadium. So way to go, Cardinals. Nice. Way to go. Classic. All right, guys. One last story I wanted to talk about before we get into our look back on the past year and everything. Uh, I think it's important and I really want to hear Tallman's take on this. Uh, the Cardinals quarterback Colt McCoy is out versus the Buccaneers. So Trace McSorley will get his first career start. <laughs> it's your boy. How excited are you? That's it. I'm not fucking going anymore. <laughs> I swear to God, if I drive an hour and 15 minutes to that fucking studio, Oh, oh, dude. I know. Dude, I, got, I, totally... I, got update, I got an update on my phone today. Trace McSorley will make his first NFL career start. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Hopefully, uh, you guys are just have tickets yet. I was going to say, just wait. Like, wait another day. You probably get tickets for $60 cheaper. That's a good point. Well, no, because come on, man. Tom Brady is coming to town. Everyone's yeah. gonna buy those tickets. It doesn't matter how bad now they're just we are. gonna beat us extra bad. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and you know, yeah. whatever. Does he have little hands? Is he trying to look at, look at those little hands? That's Colt they McCoy. They do look kind of. Oh, that is Colt McCoy. Oh yeah. god, damn it, you're right. Fuck. <laughs> Colt McCoy's got little little Joe Burrow, little Kenny Pickett hands. Little Kenny Pickett hands. It's dude. It's just think, gonna be okay. It's gonna be a shit show, you, man. It's gonna be oh my so god, bad. do you think David? Do you, do you, do you think David Blau's going to see the field? I mean, if it's if it's like 35 to 0, he could. I mean, why not throw him out there? See if maybe he might be your third stringer next year. <laughs> it's truly incredible to see where this team has gone. Oh Man, I'm sorry. You got to right. laugh to stop from crying. Right, literally. So now our third, fourth, fifth, whatever the fuck string quarterback uh I saw they signed James Morgan to the practice squad and released Carson Strong because now apparently we have to keep our eye on the practice squad because we got some quarterbacks made of glass. It's just, <laughs> I, I don't 
want to be mean to Kyler because an ACL injury sucks and I hope he recovers and I hope he can come back and be a good player as otherwise the Cardinals just wasted a whole lot of money and that's going to create a whole other set of problems. So we need him to come back and be healthy, but that's neither here nor there. What I was going to say is my criticism to Kyler Murray is that he's injured every year. The dude can't stay healthy. Like, ah, just like frustrating as fuck, but I don't know. I don't know. Any got you guys got any last thoughts on this coming game to, to against the Buccaneers on Christmas? That's on Christmas, right? Yeah, Christmas, Christmas night. Um, I picked the best one to go to, huh? And all year. No, I just, I guess, I don't think I've, I've never not looked forward to a Cardinals game more in my life than this week right now. That's so sad. It is really sad, isn't it? So. I guess you can also say, though, Tommen, it's like there weren't any good ones to choose from at all this year anyways. Even the one right. win that we had at home against the Saints, like that was one where we took such a huge lead and they still almost had a shot at the end kicking a, an onside kick to possibly tie the game. I mean, the team is 1-12 at home uh, in the past two years. It's like you go there and – you think that it's going to be a loss. Like it, it's incredible yep. that it's come to this, but you'll have a good time watching old Tommy boy, hopefully get knocked around a little bit. I mean, at this point, I think the Buccaneers are going to win this game. It'd be a true miracle if Trace McSorley could pull anything uh, as far as consistency through the air out of this game. And that's what you'd need to win in this league. Well, like beat Tom Brady. You absolutely need that. And the, the other thing too is, it was one of the comments that you made last week too. It's like James Connor, man. I like him. I like what he does as a workhorse back, but he's slow, bro. Like he can't he's, hit the, he can't really hit the, the holes and explode anymore. So it's like at max, you're going to get 15 to 20 yards on his big kind of plays. And once you get down into the red zone and you can't throw the football and you can't punch it in, it's going to be a long day for you, and that's what's happened with this team all year. So I'm not expecting a win on Christmas Day. And the last thing I'll say is thank God there's NBA basketball on pretty much all day. So I get to flip back and forth, and I'm not just having to watch this godforsaken game the whole time. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the Suns even play on Christmas, right? I'm pretty sure they do. They do, yeah. There's only three games on Christmas, NFL games. NFL Everything's oh, on okay. Saturday this weekend. It's weird. That is weird. Good, good looking out. I'll have to make sure I get my bets placed. Are we going to yes. do a Saturday Tallman ticket then? Yeah. So you have, have to record it Friday? You have to film it Friday. There we go. See, Just thinking ahead. But yeah, Suns exactly. play the Nuggets on uh, on Christmas. So that'll be, that'll be interesting. I, I think uh, they've been dealing with some injuries over there in Denver. That's, an, yeah. that's a late game too. So that actually Cardinals game might be well close to being over by the time the Suns game starts. Damn it, it will. Disappointment. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. You just actually, no. Uh, it might be at the tail end when the Suns game starts. So the, the Cardinals game starts 6.20 and the Suns game starts at 8.30. So maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe like the fourth quarter. We'll see. But the, I mean, the Bucks haven't been doing so hot either. Brady's looking like he should have stayed retired. Um, 
don't know but, if it's the divorce or the age. But Chris, that has been the most disappointing thing about this whole season. It's we keep going into these matchups where it's like, well, this other team has been looking god awful. <laughs> we actually might have a chance. We and, then we it to, and then we lose it, and then we lose to the freaking three and ten Denver Broncos. You know, like that's been this whole year. So yeah. don't don't say it. Just don't say it. Just say the inevitable. Tom Brady's gonna beat that ass. Yeah, watch this. Is this will be the week they find their stride and start firing on all cylinders? Just absolutely tear our shit up. That's that's Cardinal. Yeah, that's Valley. I'll, I'll take that, man. Fuck it. Oh, especially if you're there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, I watch Tom Brady for four touchdowns, whatever. As long as it's not fucking sixteen to ten, could be fun. It just it sucks. Like when when are the Cardinals going to be good enough? Like I don't even. I don't even care at this point. Bring on the bandwagon fans because you know if the Cardinals are doing good, their bandwagon fans will roll out in full effect. But I just my point is it feels like every game is an away game right now because when you go into that stadium, you, you can hear it on TV. The cheers are louder for the opposing team, and it, it seems to not even matter who it is anymore. It used to be just like the big teams, the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Steelers, uh, the the Rams maybe because for some reason there's a lot of LA people that live here and love LA, but for some reason live here anyway, because they, because they broke, man. <laughs> just they like the, the rest of us. They're broke. Like the like, just like all of us, but I was born exactly. broke and I was here. So don't say excuse. <laughs> I was broke first, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I said we were going to touch on a few uh, breaking topics real quick. And here we are 40 minutes later. Um, so what do you say we get into the the title of uh, the stream tonight? Uh, looking back on the last year, you guys ready? Let's do it. All right. So I wanted to look a little bit back on on the main teams we cover. Um, of course, the Cardinals and the Suns. Uh, a little bit the Diamondbacks. I don't know how much we'll talk about them tonight, uh, but we will be talking about them, especially more in the new year and as spring training fires up and into the summer when all there is is baseball. Uh, we're going to be talking about them, so watch out. Um, we're going to dabble in some hockey stuff. Uh, I know I don't know a ton about hockey, but I'm going to brush up. We got some uh, some people. We know some people who know hockey, so maybe we'll bring them on and chat with them about it. Um, but, yeah, that's just some of the stuff uh, we're, we're all about and what we're looking forward to, as I'm sure you know if you're 40 minutes into this live stream or watching on the playback. But more to the point, I thought we could look at the, the, the Suns first. Uh, you know, one year ago today, the Suns were 25 and five on the season um, and actually taken on the Los Angeles Lakers, who where they won that game 108 to 90 to give them that 25 and five record. Um, and so it's just a lot different now this season uh, when you look at the Suns and they're sitting at 19 wins and what is it, 15 losses? Uh, I thought it was. 13 yeah it's they're 19 and 13 19 and 13 19 and 13 okay i mean to project into the future uh we got the grizzlies and nuggets <laughs> coming up so hopefully book can get back out there but man mike 25 and 5 on playoff bound already head of the conference and the league are you nervous about the direction this team's heading and, and what were you remembering from back then no i mean I remember early, early in that season, I think we played the Lakers as well in Los Angeles and we just mopped the floor of them. 
You know, ever since LeBron James did that back down move against Jay Crowder and Andre Drummond was mocking him in the background, uh, the Lakers are, I think, 0-13 against us now. So, you know, we got their number, that's for damn sure. But, I mean, we were headed towards a franchise record in wins. And now this year, I think we have 13 wins comparative to the, what is it, 17, 18 total losses that we had uh, comparative to our 13 losses already. So we're in a different... We're in a different uh, era of Suns basketball, just trying to stay afloat. And they've been doing what they need to do to get out of slumps. Of course, championship-level basketball, you don't want to see a a five-game losing streak. That doesn't happen. A losing streak normally doesn't happen for teams that are looking to uh, win a championship. So it's a little bit different, but... You know, there's still some moves to be made. There's still some pieces to be acquired, some additions to be had, and some guys to get healthy so this team can really function as a whole unit. And, I mean, the Suns aren't alone. That's sports. That's the NBA game, especially now with injury management. I mean, goodness gracious, I got Jimmy Butler on a fantasy team, and he's out every other night just for right knee management. And, Chris, I know you can attest. Mm-hmm. Davey could probably attest to Kawhi as well, you know, with the with the Los Angeles Clippers. So it's just guys trying to hold the line until they really need to start focus on seeding and having momentum going into the playoffs. But do I have the same kind of hopes that I did as last year? Unfortunately, no. But look what the hopes got us last year. <laughs> um, uh, a, a worst game seven loss in NBA history. So, yep. Mike. I, I don't know who I told this recently, but I'm going to reveal my fantasy basketball secret. Don't have anyone on your team over the age of 30 because <laughs> they're going to be out. They're going to get injured yep. and they're going to take a little bit longer to recover. And speaking as a near 30 year old with a shore sho- shor- sore shoulder for no reason, like you just sleep wrong one night and you could be off. It's terrible. I hate getting old. And I know there's might be someone way older than me listening right now that is laughing because I don't even know what I have to look forward to yet, but that's neither here nor there. The Suns do need to get right, though. The Suns need to get right. I know they have the injury bug. We anticipated this. We know Chris Paul's due for an injury every year. We know Devin Booker and his seasonal hamstring injury. Uh, it's just you've got to take the good with the bad. But to have that much of a winning streak when in that in that season last year, we didn't ever lose more than two games in a row, even through the playoffs, which I know that – doesn't mean much because we all know how that ended uh and i want to get to that uh but tallman do you you remember like last year like how much fun it was where you could basically just bet on the suns to win every night and you'd win some money you know i love how you put a a gambling spin on it got (laughs) me there um yeah it was great i mean it it was a lot of fun i mean i that might have been the first well little bit of the season prior but that might have been like the first full season of Suns basketball where you know I looked up I said oh there's a game on Thursday like let's go let's go out to a bar watch this game you know so um, I was definitely excited throughout that season and you're right didn't seem like they ever lost a game of course they did but uh it was it was a good good vibe going through yeah 100% it was a fun time um and we know how it ended I wanted like I said wanted to touch on that 
through through the middle and end of April, we had that that first round series against the Pelicans, where we all got to know and love Jose Alvarado, Grand Theft Alvarado. Uh, that's Tallman's favorite point guard in the league right now. Uh, and you know, we we were back and forth with them. We won the first game, lost the second, won the third, lost the fourth. Um, and it was kind of like ee, two and two here going into game five. Are the Suns for real? Is this the team we saw during the, the regular season who had the best record in the league and tore tore up every opponent they faced every night? And now we did finish strong. Um, we won that then game five by 15, 112 to 97. Uh, and then we went on to also win game six, 115 to 109, a little bit closer. But that was behind a, a 33 point Chris Paul performance. Uh, very impressive. I mean, we continue to see that even in the in the recent weeks here where Chris Paul still has the ability to turn it on and score 30 plus when he has to. And I've I've really been seeing him kind of reach into his bag, if you will, and start incorporating the three point shot more. Mike, are you OK with Chris Paul maybe stepping out a little bit more and shooting those jumpers more than diving inside and maybe getting banged up? Yeah, I mean. I think one of the situations that we were seeing earlier to start this year was his poor shooting percentage, but sometimes it just takes some rhythm and, you know, some more games under your belt, especially when you're a little bit older, you know, you got to get the juices flowing a little bit faster. And I know that they've been trying to incorporating incorporate him more into an off the ball shooter. And he started to get a little bit better within that system, but you know, the God honest truth about the success of this team, if we're going to have any chance of making another push to an NBA finals, Chris Paul is going to have to be similar to the player that he was now, not the same kind of production, but he's going to have to score close to what he need, what he did. And he's going to have to be a facilitator and get guys involved and those other pieces are going to have to take their games to the next level. I mean, we don't win that first round matchup against the Pelicans if Chris Paul doesn't have incredibly huge games at towards the end of that season or yeah. end of that series. And then you see what happened after the supposed injury that he got to the Mavericks. We folded and fell apart because we didn't have the scoring that we needed. But if the team is going to stay intact as it is with the roster it is now that's why i'm saying you're going to have to get that production from chris paul if you want any kind of chance now it depends on what other kind of pieces come in do you bring in another big score then maybe you can get him a little bit more lax but you always want him to be looking for his shot because his mid-range jumper is still one of the best in the league and if he can be consistent over 35 percent from the three-point line i don't hate that either you know yeah no, I have to agree. And and I like that you brought up the Dallas series there because that's that's what I wanted to to kind of leave off with the Suns on is like we won the first two games of that series and it almost reminded me a little bit of how how we were with the Bucks. Um I think honestly the same count, two wins, two losses, one win kind of fighting back and then we lost the last two. Uh in it, we lost in seven games to the Mavericks and I remember I was in Las Vegas at that time uh with my fiance and her family. And had to watch that that game at a, a shitty casino bar and just shaking my head, man, because it's just we were never competitive in that game, and it wasn't the team that we had seen all season. And it's just terrible. Like 
that's going to stick with me forever. Like Cody, do you remember where you were uh, when that game seven happened? Oh yeah. Um, shit. Come back to me. Go, go to my, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, so I the mean, answer I, is maybe no, <laughs> I don't mean, cause it's like, I don't, I don't mean, I don't want to veer too off, too off the path, but it's like, everyone kind of remembers where they like the nine 11, everyone who's old, old of a certain yeah. age remembers nine 11. Like, you know, where you were, like, I was thinking recently, like, I remember where I was when I heard Michael Jackson died for, I remember when Kobe Bryant died, like, I, I mean, I don't need mean to keep bringing up celebrity deaths, but like, it's like those <laughs> major funny. events. If my point is like, you remember where you were when those like major cultural events happened. Yeah. And I feel like for Valley sports, the sun's losing in game seven. I'm not saying it was our nine 11. But... <laughs> yeah, I, mean, it, I mean, it sounds like Chris. Oh no. <laughs> um... End stream, end stream, end stream. I mean, when you set some uh, some some records, yeah. As far as as far as that team, it's it's uh we were being crowned. To be remembered. We were being mm-hmm. crowned, man. But that's normally where the downfall happens, right? You want to be that team that is maybe in the mix to make a make a move or riding a little bit under the crowning and that kind of stuff, and then just stay the course and really, you know, have good momentum going into a playoff push. And unfortunately, when you set a franchise record, you're being crowned as the best team of all time for a franchise because your record literally says it. So at that point, the Suns were in, you have to win it or it's a bust, right? So there's no, you just have no chance of coming out on top unless you actually come out on top as an NBA champion. So they were screwed from the get-go, but it's just, it's it's still, I, I won't forget it either, Chris. I, I'm with you there, but it's still unacceptable the way that that team ended in front of their own fans. Yeah. And then to have to come out and basically issue an apology to your fan base after setting a franchise record, that's when you know that something absolutely horrific happened. And that's what happened to this team in that game seven against the Mavericks last year, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about the crowning. They had the best record in the league, which meant they had home court advantage throughout the playoffs and the finals. And to just fuck that up so bad, it's just, it's embarrassing. And and like you said, Chris Paul's alleged or mystery injury or whatever excuse they want to come up with, it's just... It sucks, man, and, and it just means nothing. The whole best franchise record, best wins in a season, it just means nothing at that point. Uh, Tallman, before we move on, did you remember where you were when that happened? Yeah, um, I was at Lucky Lou's. Ouch. I didn't get my food yet. And then when we lost the finals, I was in New Orleans on Bourbon Street. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it must have been game five or game six that we watched together at that Howler's restaurant. Yeah. It was game five. Game five. Because we lost. Yeah, because it was at home. Oh, no, we won game. Did we win game five? No, we lost four straight, Chris. (laughs) Oh, so it wasn't in similar fashion. We won the first. We won the first two games and then got swept. Oh, I 
Why did I think that that went to seven games? It only it only went to it six. Did not. So. Damn. Just went to six. Damn, fake fan. <laughs> I just game I just four, try to forget. Game four was the one where we kind of had a lead late, and and I think changed this series. Instead of having a three-one lead going back to Phoenix, that that game four ended ended all momentum, and then yeah. when Devin Booker got the ball stripped in Game Five, and Giannis freaking just yammed it um, at the end. That was that was basically almost the nail in the coffin. You didn't have much hope going back to Milwaukee and trying to uh, lengthen that season. But but Cody, did you get your industry? discount at least when you went to lucky lose <laughs> you know i don't i don't remember i was because at least that would be a, a, a win you know you, yeah. you got to take the small victories when you can find them <laughs> yeah uh, i don't i don't think i did so shit well even worse yeah get game four and game five are close and it's like just didn't I, don't, I just had ah it sucks because I remember I had it such a feeling after game two, um, the game we went to right. We went to game one, Chris. We went to game one. That's right. Fuck, man, I can't remember shit. Holy, you know See, what else? I'm, this I'm, isn't even 2022. You're talking about 20. You're talking about freaking 2021. <laughs> you're right. I'm going way back. So we need to get back on track. <laughs> we need to get back on track. We're we're getting off track here. So in talking about kind of rolling that was through the beginning of the year that was what happened with last year's Suns team but i want to go back again and talk about this time last year with the arizona cardinals uh it was a year ago that they were 10 and 5 at this time and they were definitely playoff bound uh but they were kind of having a rocky stretch and losing some games and uh on christmas last year they actually lost to the colts 22 to 16 I don't know if you guys remember in that game, Matt Prater missed two field goals, including one that would have given them the lead in the fourth quarter. And it's funny because the, Matt Prater continues to have problems to this day, missing field goals for us. And we've had a whole rotation of kickers come through for us this season and, and just nothing has sticked. And we've stuck with Matt Prater. Uh, e. Do you, do you guys remember uh, how you were feeling about this time last year about the ten and five Cardinals? I was feeling pretty good. That's it. You're just feeling pretty good. So are you? You talking about before the playoff loss? <laughs> yeah, before the playoff loss. I mean, we can get right into that. I mean, well, we, no, no, we no, no, the... no, 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 yeah, no, 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 just good. You're just feeling pretty good. Well, no, I was very excited. I thought, you know, okay, now it, now it matters. They're going to turn it around. They're going to stop the cliff collapse and maybe put it, put something together and show up in this first playoff game. Cause I know it was rough towards the end of the season. It was like, what, what is happening? Um, because Chris, we went to the last game of the yeah, season. We lost and, four out of the last five. And we lost to a really bad Seattle team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had I had some optimism, that's for sure. And I said, hey, 10 and 5 are moving on. It's this is when it all matters. So I I was hopeful. Okay. I was not in the same boat as you. 
We were ten and two, and then lost like four straight. We had seen what happened last Three. year when all we needed to do was win one game and get into the playoffs, and we went on a skid at this point. And I was just scared to death. I was like, "We're gonna find a way to fuck this up and not win the division." And what happened? You guys went to the last game of the year, and you guys messed it up with your presence and just being in the building. And then they lost the game, lost respect, and lost all morality that they have as a team and an organization. So now the truth is coming out on this final live stream of the year. You guys ruined the Arizona Cardinals, and I thank you so much. No, I'm just playing. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it, it tracks. That tracks. I know getting down towards the end of that season, especially after that loss to the Colts, because the Colts were still in a playoff position at the end of last year. They screwed the pooch, <coughs> excuse me, as well with that loss to the Jaguars, I think, last year. All they had to do was win and get into the playoffs, and they messed it up as well. But after that loss, I was starting to get a lot more concerned. And just when you're in the position of all you have to do is win and you're in or win and you control your destiny and you can't do it. It's hard to go into a playoff matchup and like really have true confidence in the team. But I will say I was hopeful when we went into Los Angeles because we had Molly them earlier in the year in LA. And once again, same kind of national performance, the last game of your season, to get manhandled that way it's it's unfortunately just becoming an uncommon or a common thing for these franchises and it's just just really getting disheartening to continue to watch yeah i mean of course this year we know they're not making the playoffs they were eliminated this last week of course kyla murray's out for the season so it was never really a question once we heard that news uh, but just to, to finish up on, on talking about last season, like I said, we lost four out of the last five. And, and Mike, they weren't like I get why you were feeling that way, because they weren't even really close games. I mean, we did lose by only seven against Los Angeles, but that was at home. And then we lost to Detroit uh, 30 to 12. And we lost to Indianapolis, like I highlighted there, yeah, 22 yeah. to 16 uh, in a game we should have won if Matt Prater had made his field goals. But it never it never should have come down to that either. I mean. They had Carson Wentz. Of course, Jonathan Taylor had over 100 yards rushing in that game. Uh, it was. It's not like they were a slouch team, but they weren't world beaters either. Uh, and then in, in the playoffs against the Rams, Kyler Murray just had such a pathetic performance, only throwing 137 yards, and we just got crushed 34 to 11. I mean, you can sit here and say, oh, the Rams went on to win the Super Bowl, so you at least you lost to the Super Bowl champs, but, but fuck that. Like if we beat them, would we? Would the Cardinals have been the Super Bowl champs? Uh, it certainly didn't seem like it was trending that way. But what keeps continues to blow my mind about this Cardinals team the past couple of years is just the amount of talent they have at various positions and the inability to bring it all together. And when you see that, I mean, Talman, what what explains that? Man, first thing I want to point at is the coaching staff. Cliff Kingsbury. It's Cliff yeah. motherfucking Kingsbury. Absolutely. And Steve you can't Kine. blame anybody else. Get these yeah. motherfuckers out of here, dog. It like starts at the top and trickles all the way down. That's that's what they say. That was a rhetorical question, and you dropped the ball. <laughs> I was reading something. Fuck you. I mean, <laughs> here's the God's honest truth as well. 
Steve Kime should have never been brought back when we hired when we fired Steve Wilkes. It should have been a clean slate start right there. Yep. But for some reason, Steve Wilkes has been able to nestle up to Michael Bidwell and become his little his little buddy. And he gave him so many chances and so many opportunities to try and right the ship. And all he's done over the past five years is miss on draft picks, miss on free agent signings, and find ourselves exactly where we stand by. But it also comes down to Cliff Kingsbury and his inability to really have Kyler Murray take that next step. I mean, last year, yes, you could say, you know, maybe a couple more weeks before Christmas, if we're talking about it the same way, be like, yeah, man, you know, it's finally all clicking. These teams are struggling to figure out this offense. And the 180 that happens so fast is just remarkable. But as soon as that downhill slide started at the end of the season, it just completely like freaking avalanched into this year. And we just had net, we didn't, we couldn't find any footing to try and get out of it at any point this year. I mean, Last thing I'll say before I pass it back over to you guys is when was the last team time that you saw a franchise that's had to deal with this many off the field, nonsensical bullshit type of things like your brand new weapon that you bring in from Baltimore is getting arrested like his third week here. I mean, all the domestic abuse kind of shit that's been happening with this team. Now the possibility about a coach that's been wrongly fired because it could have been Steve Kime. I mean, like all of this crazy nonsense that's happened off the field. It's almost like when we were talking about this before the season started, guys, we should have saw the writing on the wall. There was never going to be a chance that this team could put it together and get over all of those humps that they had to to be a successful football team. Yeah, I, I mean, you just look at how they were last season and maybe you thought well they had the 11 wins and they they came out strong so if if they can just be consistent if they if they can just stay the course and do what they were doing that where they found success we can make it happen but we knew who cliff kingsbury was we knew what kind of coach he was and i think it's funny um i don't know why they thought having him on hard knocks was a good idea and bringing them in but they just exposed him as just being so fucking clueless and corny and just there's so many things i could say to describe cliff and i don't want to be mean because i don't think he's a bad guy i just think he's in over his head he has no business being an nfl head coach and it's just it's made the cardinals look like a joke to be perfectly honest here i have a question for you guys do you even think that cliff kingsbury could be a coordinator in the nfl Tallman? Yeah. Yes. I think he could figure it out. Um, In what capacity, though? Like, uh, Would you give him the reins as an offensive coordinator? Because that's what he is with the Cardinals. Maybe a quarterback's coach. He he belongs in college at the end of the day. He doesn't belong in the NFL. He needs to go back to college and do his pretty boy air raid shit. He needs to go back to college and be fucking mediocre there. 
Exactly. Because at least there's so, there's so but, many different conferences and so many different teams. I mean, here's the other matter of the fact, guys. He was at Texas Tech with arguably the best quarterback of the past 20 years, and he was true. unsuccessful there. What did we think was going to happen when he came here? He was magically going to be able to put it together at the highest possible level? I mean, I understand giving guys chances, but when you still didn't prove it after completely falling apart in the ends of seasons for the past three years, for Michael Bidwell to even think it was an option to give extensions to these guys was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. They must have sucked his dick or something. (laughs) I mean, goodness. I was going to say, what kind of presentation or pitch – or cocksucking did Steve Kime do <laughs> incredible at the end of the, at the end of oh, that Steve Wilkes season to convince Michael Bidwell to mm. not only let him have another chance but to hire a coach based off a player you haven't even drafted yet and then to fucking extend them out for so long it's like it, I don't, man if you're not doing your job if you're failing to meet expectations I don't know about you guys. I don't get a raise and an extension and security. <laughs> I get a stern talking to. It's like, my goodness. You get, you get the ultimatum. <laughs> Literally shape up or ship out. And instead he's just like, oh, it's okay. Like we'll, we'll hire Cliff because of Kyler. And then we'll, we'll, well, we got to pay Kyler all the money. So, I mean, if we Kyler's here, Cliff's got to be here. Right. Cause they're just married. They're, they're hip hip to hip like you know package deal we can't possibly have anyone else coach kyler murray and and we definitely have to stick with kyler murray and you know steve kime's been here since he was a fucking ball washer in in 1985 so might as well keep steve kime here because you know he's he's pretty fucking awesome you like that ball ball washer in more ways than one (laughs) sorry before you move on mom if you're watching i apologize (laughs) Just please say a prayer for me. It, it rarely happens. I promise you. I promise. See, you know what? <laughs> we'll see what happens once Mike lets it slip. We we all get a lot more. Co- <laughs> the, yeah, the, exactly. the, the floodgates open. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you guys. So I went through a list because Mike, you brought up some of the crazy stuff that happened during the off season. Do you guys remember the the tweet that ESPN reporter put out on? Uh, Super Bowl Sunday about Kyler where he called Kyler Murray self-centered self-centered immature that came out on oh, Super Bowl yeah. Sunday so yeah, that was like yeah. our first our first headline in on ESPN to start you know that calendar year and then we had the all caps letter we had the homework clause Hudson holdout do you guys remember Jeff Gladney died mm-hmm. oh, he yeah. died in the car accident I mean, we, we thought he was going to be a contributor and, yeah, and for this backfield. Yeah. Yeah. And then you brought up um, Hollywood getting pulled over, getting the ticket. Um, the running back, running back coach had that domestic violence. Uh, training camp, Murray had the wrist injury, and then he got COVID. Yeah. Then you had uh, Antoine Wesley was supposed to start the season and fill in for, uh, fill in for Hop while he was out. He went straight to IR, didn't play. Fucking Antonio Hamilton burns himself. <laughs> he was supposed to fill I'm in sorry. for the dead guy. I'm sorry, that was really 
really bad. I apologize to you that <laughs> off the rails. Rest, rest so is that worse than what I said? That could be right. Just the way he said it. Yeah, it's just very think. nonchalant. <laughs> dead guy. I'm really sorry. Okay, keep going, Tom. What um, else? Then think about all the injuries we had. Um, Pew, Humphreys, Moore, Hollywood, Hernandez, Prater. Then you have uh, the calm the fuck down. All that stuff we had to hear about. Are they friends? Do they like each other? Does Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury get along? Starting then you have, the season without Hopkins. Exactly, right? Then you have uh, uh, Connor got hurt. You know, Benjamin gets cut. Don't know why. Kugler gets fired. Gets sent home the day before big game in another country. And then we cherry on top. Kyler tears his ACL. And I mean, 65, 70% of that list was before the season even started or off field situations. Yeah. Like when you can't even focus on football, how are you, how are you supposed to come together as a unit, man, at the end of the day? And it's, it's exactly where this team finds itself. The first big one during the off season, the first one that I remember being like, you gotta be kidding me. Was when we when we learned that D Hop was suspended for the first six games. Yeah, that put such a damper on everything. I, yeah. it really did. Yeah, like even when the all caps letter came out from his agent, I was just kind of like, whatever, dude. I mean, like, you know, go stand in the corner. Exactly. Like I knew it was gonna be. I knew it was gonna be kind of not necessarily a fight, but there was gonna be lots and lots and lots of time and talking with Kyler and his parties before anything really got done. That's why we had kind of looked at a time frame. We're like, okay, we're expecting it to be kind of around here. And then the weeks started to go by a little bit. And I remember looking at you, Chris, and I was like, when is this happening? <laughs> because it, right. it's, it's got to happen, right? Like it has to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that D hop suspension, man, you know, it's a similar situation to when Patrick Peterson did the same thing. For his PEDs and his suspension. It's like, dude, you mind is not white wave the white flag, but you know how hard it is and you know how tough it's gonna be to try and overcome situations like that when such a key piece of that side of the football is out. You're put you're you're doing a complete disservice to your team. So oh yeah, remember remember Kyler scrubbed all his photos off his instagram account and everyone freaked out that was uh that was one of the early ones too i forgot to mention man i was you can go back and and listen i was highly critical of kyler murray during that time period and even even after everything happened and understanding that a lot of that was probably agent driven and directive uh at the end of the day i mean kyler you're, you're you're your own person you can do what you want i mean not to say I'm not to say not to go through an agent, but look at what Lamar Jackson's doing. He's he's finding his own way. Guys have negotiated their own deal before. I'm not saying, like I said, not saying don't go with an agent. Go with an agent. But if he says scrub your social media, it'll help in negotiations. You can say no. But I so I know this is off Cardinals topic, but this correlates to what you just said, Chris. I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar because he's been injured now. And he's in a similar boat with Kyler he Murray. He gambled, yeah. And if people start to kind of see this same situation where it's like, well, look, the Cardinals gave all this money to kind of 
yeah, an all pro guy or he's a pro bowler and he can put up these stats. But I mean, has Baltimore won anything? Has Baltimore won any playoff games with Lamar Jackson? That's yes. a great question. There's a question so. for you. How many? One. Or Have two. they made it to an AFC championship game? No. They haven't. He, his consistency is still the same. There's still some question marks about his, his ability to throw the football. But at the same time, you see all this money being thrown at Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson is going to want more than that because it's just how the situation goes with quarterbacks nowadays. It's the yeah. same thing. It's almost like the same thing when franchises go up for bid. It might be, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals that go up next. And it's going to set a freaking uh, a record for sale just because teams don't come up for uh, option that much. But. You know, I, I don't know. The Baltimore Ravens might sit there and be like, dude, like the Cardinals just gave all this money to Kyler and he tore his ACL. We don't even know if he's going to be the same player. Yeah. And Lamar has been out for the past couple of weeks. I don't think this, it's the same severity. But what if he tears something? And he is very reliant on his on his uh, legs. You know, that's why yeah. it's, he's a, it's a gamble, man. It's a huge gamble. I don't know. Sorry, I that was my tangent. <laughs> that was my Lamar Jackson tangent. I well, he's, like a bigger, he's a bigger dude, though, than Kyler. That's like true. The, like the same age, too. So, I don't know. That's going to be interesting, though, to see what they do. It'd be hard to give him a six-year contract. And, ugh, I don't know. Anyway, enough about the shitty Baltimore Ravens. Yep. <laughs> hey, you don't got to get me started. Yeah, right. But. I will say last thing, last thing. You you do look at a guy like Lamar Jackson, comparing him to Kyler Murray. He gets higher numbers uh, stats wise, especially this season, uh, on on both both running and passing. Um, and he has won a playoff game. I don't think Kyler Murray's won a playoff game. Um, <laughs> and he's a little bit bigger, more durable, and not doesn't have this off the field drama. Um, he's not having questions about his work ethic. So there's at least. Lamar's got that going for him. I guess I, I would say that. But you're right, Mike. He's gonna he's gonna want more money than Kyler, and I don't blame him. He's just but, pooping his pants on the field. Yep, literally, <laughs> literally. Oh, that happened. Yep. He's like Archie Bradley. Kyler which, Kyler poops his pants on the field, but just figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Um. Last thing I'll mention. Um. Uh, you know, as in looking back at the Valley Sports teams in this year is. Uh, real briefly, just to mention that the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, finished their season 74 and 88, fourth in the uh, NL West, and uh, just not expecting much of them going into this new year. They've done next to nothing in the offseason so far. Uh, I think I've signed a few bullpen guys, maybe, um, but just proving that ownership and management, they're just complacent. They're not trying to improve this team. Uh, we're going to continue to go nowhere. Yeah, you can point to our farm and say we have oh, a deep farm system, but what good is that if you're not putting established pieces around them, uh, especially when it comes to your pitching staff, man? Like we can't, we can't get by on Madison Bumgarner. And I know we have younger guys looking good like Miro Kelly and Zach Gallen, uh, but those guys, especially Gallons, proved unreliable when it comes to his health and availability. But that's that's really all I have to say about the Diamondbacks is just mediocre season, mediocre offseason. I think that's generous to call it. 
Uh, just no no optimism for the D-backs moving into the new year. Any Anything different with you guys? Oh, you want me to go, Tommen? Yeah, you go. Yeah, obviously, I mean, the market that we're in and the ownership that we have, it's a once every four or five years where we kind of make a sexy play in free agency, right? Zach Greinke, we were thinking possibly Madison Bumgarner, but I don't know about you guys. At that time of that signing, I was very, very not optimistic about that, especially with the way that he went downhill in his last few years with the Giants. But they have signed some bullpen guys, but nothing that's jumping off the page. It was you know, a very big thing that they needed help with this upcoming season. But I guess we're just relying on our new guys to start, you know, really taking over the outfield positions and trying to make some kind of push in the NOS. I don't know, dude. I mean, like, the Padres are spending money now. The, The Dodgers have always been spending money. And the Giants were trying to make a push for Aaron Judge. And you don't see any of that from the Diamondbacks. So it doesn't give the... Uh, you know, the fan base really any cause for celebration when we're the ones who are just sitting over here wondering what where this big guy is going to go and knowing that it's not the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, I think the newest news was Carlos Correa signed a 12 million or 12 year deal with the New York Mets. I mean, the NL is loading up and the Diamondbacks are staying complacent. So, Chris, I'm kind of with you. I'm still tempering expectations. I don't have very high ones. But I'll, you know, I'm gonna make a promise to the people and to you guys here that I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it out to some Diamondbacks games this year. I'm definitely yeah. going to. Yeah, so. I gotta do that. But uh, I'm with you guys though. I mean, I was waiting to see something pop up when you know all these deals were getting done, people were getting signed. I mean, we couldn't even sign Sean Murphy that right that catcher it was like that was like the one they're like they're gonna get him we couldn't even fucking get that guy and he's not even he's nothing uh, the right but I'm, I'm with you though i mean when like mike said when you're in this market and you have owners that aren't going to spend money i mean you're in that division you're we're never going to have a chance i mean until something drastically change changes or the team sells gets, gets new owner or they move to another city i i don't know it's it's unfortunate but there is a bright side, though. Um, you mentioned the outfielders, the young guys coming in. Corbin Carroll, uh, pretty excited to see if, if he morphs into anything. He's supposed to be, you know, the next great thing since sliced bread. So um, we'll see if that actually happens. So um, some bright some bright sides or bright spots, I guess, is what I'm saying, bright sides. Um, and hopefully we can just be somewhat competitive. I mean, that's all you can ask for when you're the Arizona Diamondbacks. Very true. Very true. Um, and Mike, just to, to talk on your point you made there, the, all the other teams, it seems like, in our division are spending money. Um, even the Colorado Rockies went out and got Chris Bryant last year. Uh, they gave up Nolan Arenado for God knows what reason. I probably would have rather had Arenado than Chris Bryant. But either way, the, the Rockies are finding a way to also stay competitive. And it's just – it sucks. It sucks, man, that it's just a trend in the Valley where – we have ownership groups that don't want to spend money, don't want to manage their teams properly to be competitive. And we were, I feel like we were just sold a false bill of goods when they brought in 
Mike Hazen and Tori Lovello and told us these were going to be the saviors that turn this organization around. And maybe I'm proven wrong in a year or two when these young bloods come up and become the new faces of the franchise. But as of right now, uh, I do, I'm with you. I want to go to some games this year, definitely going to, but what the hell am I going to see? <laughs> Ask the question. I know another cool thing about this upcoming season though, is I think that starting this year, every team is going to play every team. Yes, dude. Me and me and uh, Ian yes. who, who joins us on the round tables uh, was talking about that. Huge. This is huge news. That's huge for major league baseball, man. It's not, not just an, an Arizona thing. Yeah. I, it just gives fans the opportunity to see some of these bigger market teams that you never get to see, or you only get to see every once in a while, every handful of years. I mean, I remember when they finally started doing kind of interleague play. And the first time that the Red Sox came here, it was a huge deal, man. So Having these clubs be able to play everybody every year, it just makes sense for sports in general, especially for a sport that plays so many damn games, man. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, that is great, though. I mean, you guys don't want to keep playing the Dodgers and the Padres and the Giants over and over and over again? <laughs> Hell no. I mean, you can still have your series. It's fine. I like that aspect of baseball where you play whatever, three, four, five games. Is yeah. it five? Maybe four. Um, but that's fun. So you, we'll see the Yankees. I think it's like one year will be the, our series will be in New York. The next year it'll be in Arizona. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, to be able to have fans see uh, different teams, especially in a market like Arizona. Um, I know I was just complaining about that for the Cardinals sake, but the D-backs, it's a little bit different because that stadium is oversized. And even if you took all the active Diamondbacks fans, I don't think you could fit them in that stadium right now. Of course, I'm, I'm joking. but The ones it, who are actively paying attention. No, you might be right, Chris. Actually, yeah, actively. You might like, be right. The, the amount of fans who watch every single Diamondbacks game, you probably could fit in that arena or stadium or whatever you call it. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And I'm really stoked for that aspect of it. But Guys, I know it's getting late. Uh, maybe we might go a little longer than we thought we would tonight. But I do want to close out here reflecting on the last year or eight months for Valley Sports Plug and what we've done and what we're going to do going forward. Um, like I said on the onset here, uh, doing this Heat Check podcast live, the it was us three who relaunched this uh, Valley Sports Plug brand and mission and channel, whatever you want to call it. And it spawned from what we did back in 2019 when we initially launched Valley Sports Plug. Uh, totally different. We were doing, of course, the the podcast, but it was more sporadic. We didn't have a schedule. We had a website, super professional looking. Um, I don't know who created it. One of us did. But we also had articles that we were writing. Was that guy? Uh, we were we were writing. You know, kind of trying to be like a you know, a media outlet of, of multiple styles. We were reposting other people as well. We were, and really what we've decided or landed on is that we'd really just kind of bit off more than we could chew at the time. Because of course we're just dudes. We got day jobs and we do this because we love it. We're not making any money off of it. Um, and, and I think that's going to continue to be the case um, as far as just doing it because we love to do it and we love to talk sports. And we just thought, Hey, why don't we get on a camera and a microphone and do it as well? And 
I hope you guys join us in the chat. We love uh, when we're doing these streams and you guys leave your comments and let us know what you're thinking. And it can really help drive the conversation because a lot of the times people have brought up points or cracked a joke that I might not have thought of and it, and it sparks an idea. So come and join us. And then like Mike said, join the conversation, be a part of it. But fellas, like I said, in looking back here, I just wanted to highlight some of the milestones or point out some things that kind of put it in perspective. I don't know if you've seen this channel on YouTube, uh, Valley Sports Plug uh, is where you can find it. We have 46 subscribers at this time. And I thought I saw it here. Mike, do you know off the top of your head how many videos we have on our channel now? Oh, it's got to be like 55, 56, something like that. I mean, we got like that. We've been doing this now, man. That's for sure. Tallman, are you subscribed? I don't have a YouTube account. My gosh, man. What in the world? Do y'all see what I'm working with here? Oh, man. Wait, you guys have YouTube accounts? Chris, we have 58 videos on our page. 58. That's impressive. So and our what is that? amount what of videos. You gotta tell the people what what we got on there, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I'm trying to show them here. And like, first, I want to go back and look, our very first uh, video on the channel here was the Heat Check Podcast episode one. And you see our 2019 logo is the <laughs> thumbnail of the video. That's that's kind of to show you like we really just we had the idea to launch it and we just ran with it and and. In, in not wanting to bite off more than we can chew at first, we committed to doing one podcast a month. So you guys only got to hear from us for looks like 90 to 120 minutes once a month. And, and we started that first video was posted April 4th of this year. Tom, does it, does it seem like it was that long ago? I feel like for, for me, I felt like it was just yesterday. I'm with you. Well, this year is just, fucking flown by so <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's that long ago at all i'd say for me it feels like ages ago man really it feels like ages ago <laughs> yeah it's crazy how like time kind of works like that where it, it does i feel i agree with like kind of both sentiments like it feels like forever ago but it also feels like not that long ago at all like thinking and I, it's it's insane to me because it feels like i feel like we're still just getting started and in a lot of ways we are and i'm sure it's going to feel like that for a long time um which is good i mean it keeps me motivated and, and wanting to move forward and, and having a lot of fun with this but i just think it goes to show like time flies when you're having fun and that's i knew someone was going to say that god damn it come on <laughs> Chris, click on the that home uh, tab, just to the left of videos, right there. Because that'll this one. No, 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 no. You clicked on it. Oh yeah, okay. Because that'll show. I mean, like we, uh, dude. I, I mean, I've started to go through some of the clips from the very beginning as I'm putting together our kind of 2022, you know, best of video that I'm working on right now, and just to see the growth from where we were there to where we are now i mean now we get to at least have our little nice little logo in the corner where when we first started streaming it was that nice little <laughs> stream yard ducky over there and the duck yep and it, you know the more and more that we've done this just the more and more 
I can attest for myself that I've fallen in love with what we're doing and we've just added more layers onto the top of everything. I mean, we started to incorporate some of our other friends with our round tables. We started jumping on live streams, doing heat check live like we're doing right now. So not having to wait, you know, every four weeks before we get get together and chat it up about sports. I mean, we've started to have some special guests like Chevin Nooney from Dynasty Rewind, you see right there. Jacob Moreno from the um, the Valley of the Sun YMCA over at the East Valley Y. I mean, we got a lot more people who are going to be involved coming on next year. And then we started doing the recaps. I think that's been one of my funnest things that I've done with you guys so far, especially those Cardinals ones, because it's been a shit show, but it's been fun to talk about those things and especially edit those videos and throw in some of those memes that we've been seeing on Twitter. So only up from here, man, we just got to keep this momentum rolling. And I've been just having too much fun with you fellas. Yeah, I agree. I mean, well said. I appreciate all the hard work that you guys are doing and appreciate everyone who's watching us on the live streams and on the pre-made videos we've been doing. Uh, we didn't start streaming until June. Um, Mike suggested that and we just kind of ran with it. So like he said, like the progression, uh, I had to get a new computer because I was doing it off an old janky laptop and I was cutting out like a robot all the time. And like, that's, what's just going to continue to happen is we're going to get more comfortable being on a camera and being on a mic. Uh, we're going to get better equipment as we kind of move forward and upgrade and proceed, if you will. Um, but like, look at what we look at this. Like, if you look at our playlist here, like, like Mike said, we got the Cardinals recaps, the Suns recaps. We do pass the outlet, the heat check live that we're doing right here, right now. And those round tables where we bring on all our friends, and even uh, the Heat Check podcast, you can catch that on Spotify. Uh, just tonight, this podcast that you're listening to right now, this will be up on Spotify, as well as coming out tonight will also be the Heat Check podcast for December. Uh, I think it's episode 12, technically. Uh, we did a bonus episode in there uh, in the middle somewhere in the summer. Uh, but we're hoping to do more stuff like that, too. We've talked about that, where we do brand ourselves as Arizona sports and pop culture, and we intend to incorporate more of the pop culture side of things. Um, not really trying to dive too much into controversial or polarizing topics, um, but just keeping it fun and talking about what's going on. I know, like, I got to get out there and see the new Avatar movie, um, Way of Water. I've heard really good things about the motion capture technology, but I've also heard some criticisms that it's really similar to the to the last the first one that came out like 10 years ago or whatever um real quick are, are you guys having any plans to go see that one i i swear i asked one of you guys about it and you said fuck that movie or something <laughs> i don't um, think it was I, me I, I i don't have any plans to see it i, I never, I never know, saw the first yeah. one. you never saw oh, the first I one well, hey, that's like Bree. She's never seen the first one. I've never I mean, seen it. My goodness. It's not like I, I've, seen, I've never seen Star Wars or some shit. Well, I mean, at the time when it came out, it was such a polarizing movie. I mean, it freaking I, broke every box office record. I think, I think that the, movie has made the most money over... I think it's made the most money out of any movie ever made. Like, over time. Like, not in the first... Yeah. Not okay, in the yeah. theater. Like, over time, it's made it's, the most, I think. It's, it's the <laughs> James Cameron effect. I yeah. think that, I mean, I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure I heard that it has to make $2 billion or somewhere around there to break even. 
because that's how much money they spent to make that money. I mean, don't quote me on that, but I, 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 I don't mind. I'll go check it out, but I probably got to watch the first one with Brie to see if she's even interested to go and see it. You know what I mean? That's a fair Wait, point. You say two billion? That's what I thought. I heard to make a movie. Holy to fuck. to break even. Oh, okay. So it, the first one, first one made two point nine billion. Yeah. So this one, and, it, and it's 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 number one. Avengers yeah. Endgame's number two. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, now I guess I have to see it now. <laughs> Just so they can break even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah, three hours and twelve minutes. Fuck. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. You're me. asking well, a lot of us, Chris. They spent so much time making it. The least you can do is spend three hours watching it. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like that fucking Batman movie. That shit was like three hours. I fell asleep. I like movies that are an hour and a half to two hours in that range. Like Top Gun, one of the best movies of the year. Oh, that movie is poop. (laughs) That's why I said it. I knew you were going to say that again. I hate that movie. (laughs) Well. Well. See, we'll have more of these conversations as the year goes on. It'll be interesting now that uh, things kind of seem to be in full swing and new movies are coming out. Uh, maybe the summer blockbusters will be better next year and Tallman won't be disappointed uh, by the Top Gun movie. I don't, I don't think there's going to be another Top Gun movie. but No. <laughs> Top Gun well, 3. Fellas, uh, last live stream of the year. Uh, we'll have a little bit, some content trickling out, I think, uh, over the next week or so. But... We of course we got to keep up with the Cardinals. We'll follow the trash and give you the update so you don't have to watch the game. Um, and and you know where to find us. You you've been seeing there all night at via at az underscore vsp, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Valley Sports Plug right here on YouTube and Facebook, of course. Fellas, I want to give you the floor, Mike. Anything you want to say to the people before we close out the year? Yeah, I know it was our last last live stream, but we got a couple more videos coming out next week. We'll have the Cardinals week 16 recap. We'll have the Suns recap, the last one for the year. And then I've been digging through the, what do you call the, what is it called? Archives. I've been been digging through the archives, pulling up some clips and uh, we'll, we'll have a kind of best of moments for 2022 video, probably drop on new year's Eve or right around there. But I mean, All I can say is Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year to everybody. We thank you guys so much for joining this ride of Arizona sports. I mean, goodness gracious, we know it's a roller coaster, but we're along for the ride. And I appreciate you all very much, Chris and Tallman. Love you guys. Love you too. Is it my turn? Yeah. It's your turn. Um, I just need to put a disclaimer out there to the Gladney family. Um, My prior joke about... Mr. Jeff Gladney, completely, completely a joke. And I apologize for any offense that might've caused. Um, So, you know, 10 years from now, when you dig this up and you come fucking cancel me when we're all famous, fuck you. I'm just kidding. Um, I hope uh, the Gladney family has a great Christmas and a happy new year. Um, And you guys will see me a little more with the Tallman ticket. If you haven't yet, come follow the ticket, lose some money, drink some fucking beer. And yeah, I'm looking forward to going to Vegas with these two guys and just seeing what uh what shit we can get up to. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun 
fun couple months here. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Whole lot coming up. Uh, of course, football season closing out, basketball season uh, hitting midseason. We'll have spring training right around the corner, and uh, of course, always I think it's Super Bowl weekend. Uh, it was maybe not anymore, but the the Open, uh, the U.S. Open, right? Or oh, Phoenix Open. Yeah, they they pushed it back. So the Super Bowl is the second Sunday now because of the extra week, and then the Phoenix Open was like, "Fuck that, we're moving back too," to because they like making that extra money. I'm sure with uh, the higher traffic. So. Yeah. We're, going We're, We're going, going this year. We're going. We're going this year. We're going for sure. Oh, oh yeah. it's so much fun. That is my type of sporting event. So yeah. So you'll see some. You'll <laughs> see some <laughs> golf content out there. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're all about. But yeah, no, a whole lot more to come. Uh, we've been teasing it, um, and I won't. I won't keep you guys too much later. But we have a ticket giveaway. We're talking about doing some other giveaways coming up. So make sure you're following those social medias so you can get the scoop. Also. Last, I'll say a new Valley Sports plug, brand new logo for 2023 is coming right around the corner. We're all really excited for that. I think you guys are going to love it, but we're going to get out of here. I hope you all have a safe and happy new year. Uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Definitely don't do anything Tallman wouldn't do. And uh, we'll, see it. we'll see you right around the corner. So for Michael Benjamin, for VSP Tallman, I am Chris Patrick, and we'll see you next time. Peace.